Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. Hope this podcast finds you doing well. I have to say things are well uh, for me. Uh, it's a little bit hot here in North Texas. I think my hometown has it uh, probably 115 degrees on most of the last seven days. So it's been quite warm here in North Texas. That is for sure. It's tough. Tough because I'm still only back from Oregon a couple of years, year and a half. So trying to me reacclimate is a little bit difficult on me. Yeah, uh, I'm a heftier guy, right? Um, and so, you know, when you carry around your own heater, you're your own body heat, and it's 115, right? Things get a little uncomfortable. So it's just one of those things. Hope you guys are doing well. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you're new, thanks for coming. Uh, it's always good to have new listeners. Uh, you can, My regular listeners, you guys can probably tell it's been a minute. I've had some life stuff going on, right? There's always something. When you try to do these kinds of things and you want to do your best to continue to uh, post good educational type things, good information, share your own experience, strength, and hope, right? Uh, But life continues to go on. And there are just times when you just can't get the time to do it. But here I am. Here I am, and I'm glad to be doing this podcast today. And also, don't forget, don't forget to hit that support button. I appreciate anything and everything. Um, you feel led to contribute to this podcast, I am grateful. Absolutely grateful. I count it all a blessing, right? Also, don't forget to hit that message button, right? Some of you start some good conversation, ask good questions. Absolutely love it, right? It's a good thing. Uh, And share your own points of view. I don't mind that at all. Really, it's just an open forum, um, if I share something that you got a little bit of insight on, right, uh, or have had experience, uh, experiences um, similar to mine that you wouldn't mind sharing, I am all for that conversation, right? So today I'm talking about a lack of communication and damaging communication. And it's funny that they can be one and the same. Lack of communication, not saying anything at all, can be damaging to any relationship, right? I think that when couples stop communicating, bad things start to happen. Of course, we all know that there can be a slew of reasons for why people stop talking, right? We've talked about those before, too. If you're one of those people that have um, a family member that's really condescending and demeaning and, and, and their tone is one of, um, I don't know, bullying for lack of words, I guess. I know you find it hard to go to that person with things. So if you're a family member that has realized that somebody in the family has stopped coming to you with stressors, mm, mm, there may be a reason for why they have stopped coming to you. You may want to check that, right? What's that saying? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know? 
I know that it happens. People stop talking. Things cause embarrassing moments. Things cause hurt feelings. Uh, if you're struggling with addiction issues, maybe you've slipped and have started using drugs or maybe started drinking again, right? Those kinds of things can happen. Sometimes us guys, I can say that, men, can be afraid to discuss medical issues, right? Of course, sometimes that's just about our pride. Our pride getting in the way, right? And you know what? Male medical issues have been around since I'm guessing the dawn of time. There is no reason why you shouldn't be okay with sharing whatever said medical issue it is. I think if anybody out there that's a doctor, or that's been a doctor for more than two, three, maybe four years, has already seen a lot of what some of us would call embarrassing moments, right? It just happens. It just happens. So don't allow yourself to get sicker or let your medical issues become worse just because you don't want to talk about it. Get your pride out of the way. I guess women could struggle with some of those same issues, right? But you guys aren't afraid to talk about anything, it seems. That's from the outside looking in. Uh, it's like you get with your girlfriends and you're going to chat about everything, right? So whatever reasons. Uh, either either partner, uh, for either depart, uh, partner, depression could be the culprit, right? If you've got a spouse or significant other person who's battling with depression, Sometimes there's isolation, and they don't really feel like talking to anyone about anything. You just never know what your partner is going through, unless they're one that is willing, right? Sometimes I've met couples where one spouse or the other is willing to share what they're thinking or feeling, right? And there's nothing wrong with that either. Nothing wrong with that either. I think that promotes um, a healthy Relationship. You may also never know until an argument ensues, right? Sometimes it's not until an argument ensues when your partner uh, uh, begins to tell you what they're thinking and feeling, and it usually gets rough. That partner isn't because of you, right? Maybe you've made them mad or hurt their feelings, right? So maybe it isn't. Maybe it is about you. You never know. You get my point. There are just several reasons. A lot, right? Too many to mention. For couples, would, um, would if couples would, would stop talking, stop communicating, then things go bad. We know that, right? So that, my friends, is never good. Do not stop communicating. It's never good. But it happens. So let's go over a few reasons for why it happens. Why talk about things? Because lack of or damaging communication can be overcome. So again, that's why we're talking about things and we're talking about this. Because it can be overcome, for sure, right? First is minimizing. When your partner is trying to open, be open with you regarding 
feelings, thoughts, um, maybe some emotions, you know, because in some previous conversation, you asked them to, sometimes we have asked our significant others to just be open with me. You can tell me anything. Don't be afraid to share, right? Anyway, they've decided to start a conversation with you about these things or these issues or some way related to some other issues maybe that you're struggling with. Do not blow them off. If your partner feels strongly about something or believes something to be significant, whatever you do, <laughs> do not minimize it. Minimizing something that your significant other brings to you will only ensure that they stop bringing things to you in the future, right? Now, that has been a topic on this podcast before, right? Where there's abusiveness, there's bullying. I've talked about being condescending and demeaning and I've mentioned that in some relationships, one partner or other will stop bringing things to the other because it, he or she does not want to feel condemned, demeaned, right? And then if that's the only reply you got, I feel sorry for you because your significant other person will stop coming to you. That happens a lot, it's, it's, and it's still intriguing to me. I don't understand why we take on, and I've said this in other podcasts too, we take on someone to be our life partner, to do life with, right? Yet when it comes to the opportunities to do the harder parts about life, we make it difficult. We make it difficult, right? Minimizing can often be unintentional, which makes this sort of subtle, makes it a subtle communication killer even more dangerous, right? Minimizing. And it can. Sometimes it's not intentional. And yes, it can come across very subtle to the one that's doing the minimizing, but it is a communication killer. And the fact that it can be so subtle is what makes it so dangerous. You may desire, right, you may desire to ease the other's pain or help them to see the situation uh, as less serious. So you change the topic, change your approach, right? But doing so, you know, if you just want to help them decrease the stress level of whatever it is they're trying to share, that's okay. Trying to help them make it come across as less serious as it is. You know, maybe it's not as distressing uh, to them if you help kind of help um, take some of the stress level out of it, right? But just do not be the minimizing type person. No matter how pure your intentions may be, minimizing will hinder communication. Even if you don't feel like the other person's issue is a big deal, that's not important in the moment, right? Whether it's important to you or not is not important in the moment. The issue is big to them, 
which is why they have decided to communicate it with you. Hello. If you want continued access to your partner's heart, you have to connect with how they are feeling in any given moment. You follow me, right? It may not be a big issue to you, but if it is a big issue for them in that moment, you've got to take it into consideration. Truth be told, if my wife came to me with uh, something that sounded urgent or distressing based on her approach and tone, right? That's what I'm going to look for. If it sounded urgent or distressing based on her approach and tone, I know those two red flags, right? Those are two red flags that say this is important to her right now in real time, or it seems to be stressing her or making her hurt or making her sad in this moment. You listen for the nonverbals. Listen, I hope you're writing this down, guys. The reason I say this in this moment is because, sure, in an hour, it may matter to her. It may not matter to her anymore, right? You don't know. Um, it could all change pretty quick or maybe not at all. Don't know. But in the moment, she's distressed, right? So just is. But for that very moment, she is distressed. Maybe feeling emotional about her stress, so therefore it needs to be or needs to become important to me too. Even if it is only for an hour, right? My wife does that sometimes. She'll come back to me just a few minutes later, an hour later, maybe it's the next day. It's like, I don't know why I let that bother me so much, right? But I can feel good knowing that in the moment, I supported what she was going through, right? And so what? Maybe she came back to me. How much? Who knows? Uh, it doesn't matter, right? It could have been a little bit later or a lot later. I will care for anything she has to say as long as she does as much as she does regarding any issue, right? The reason is because, let's say, the issue was just an issue for, like I said, 30 minutes. The fact that you minimized the issue will become the issue that may not go away for months. Hope you're following that. Let's say she brought something to you or he brought something to you that seemed to matter in the moment and you realize that half hour from now, it's not that big a deal. But a half hour ago, when you were minimizing the stress level, that's going to linger, right? That is going to linger. Again, guys, I hope you're hearing me. This is some good stuff, amen? The fact that minimized, um, the fact that you minimized what was hurting him or her, always have her down in my notes because I'm usually in my head referring to my wife. Uh, so forgive me for that. The fact that uh, maybe someone or you considered or minimized what was hurting her in the moment will be overshadowed 
by the fact that you minimized what was hurting her. Girlfriend says something that hurts her feelings. She wants to bring those thoughts, feelings, and emotions to you, right? And in raw, bare transparency, wants to share what's going on with her, you blow it off and minimize it. Oh my gosh, that is going to be what overshines whatever she was feeling about her friend. Because then she knows that you're going to minimize things no matter the stress level. All right, so let's move on to another relationship killer, sarcasm. This sort of approach will for sure, <laughs> will for sure close up any lines of communication that there were at some point. I am not really sure what or why you uh, would uh, use this approach. Um, I don't know. Sarcasm can just be misconstrued. Sometimes you want to chalk it off to trying to be comical, right? But I promise you it can still be hurtful. Why would you use this approach at all with your partner, and especially if they're trying to be open about something that is a big stressor, a big stressful issue for them? Like I said, if it bothers my wife, then it bothers me too, until it doesn't, right? Leave sarcasm out of your serious conversations. Again, leave sarcasm out of your serious conversations. As fun and lighthearted as sarcasm might seem, I say that lightly. To others, if often communicate, if they often communicate, um, and it is they consider it a distrain, or very stressful or disrespectful, right? You need to know that before you use sarcasm. The things um, other another person may communicate and feel passionate about should not become the foundation of another one's jokes. Someone comes to you hurting, wants to talk seriously about their pain or emotional distress, and you want to go to sarcasm, which, yes, does come across as though you want to take whatever stressor they're feeling and turn it in to a joke. Sarcasm hurts people, closes people's hearts, and takes healthy communication in a painful direction most of the time. For many people, the use of sarcasm can often be passive-aggressive way to confront others. That is true too. Some people try to use it to say what they want to say, but try to sound kind, right? Because some don't love confrontation and will often clothe their frustrations and concerns and sarcasm towards others so that if they get angry with you, they can always just chalk it up to joking, right? They can always just chalk it up to the fact that they're joking with you. I didn't mean to sound so rough. I'm sorry, right? I don't know. 
Why don't you say what you mean? Mean what you say. Right? Just be open with people. That's all anybody's asking. And truth be told, I think a lot of people do that. Right? Use sarcasm and joking um, as a means to communicate what they're trying to say or get their feelings across. But are really trying to avoid true confrontation. So when that starts, right, the confrontation piece of it, they've allowed themselves a door, right? They've allowed themselves a way out so that they could say that they were just joking or kidding, right? A lot of people do that. Um, and it's not really good either because then people don't really know what you're truly trying to say, right? They clothe their frustrations and concerns and sarcasm. It happens quite a bit. Right? They do it towards others so that if they get angry with you, they can chalk it up to joking. The right thing for a partner to do is just be honest and direct with them. But instead, some will turn it into a joke and attack the person wrapped in humor. That doesn't work. Right? Sarcasm will cause those in a relationship with you to guard their words and will prevent honesty right it will they will begin to guard their words to watch how they approach you watch what they say to you watch how they express themselves to you right because now there's a little bit of fear in there it's like if i say too much they're going to flip off the handle and then they're going to be angry with me and then they're going to come across demeaning and put me down so they start guarding their words and limit their honesty right it will prevent honesty and will prevent vulnerable conversation, right? Vulnerable conversation. I really hope you guys are taking notes, right? If there's any guys listening, you really have to watch how you're communicating, right? Remember that um, if it's a heterosexual relationship, women tend to hear things in the frame of, love and loving or unloving right and again guys tend to can be tend to receive things in the frame of respect or disrespect right so the sarcasm doesn't sound loving right they come to you asking for your help around the house would you get the trash for me can you see i'm trying to clean the house Right, and I've cleaned out the fridge of some old stuff and I got the trash ready to go. Would you mind taking out the trash? And you come across with something like, Well, you've been working out lately. Right? You're looking pretty big and strong today. Come on, man. Really? Don't do it. Don't do it. Because it will come across very unloving. And will come across as though you do not care how much effort she's putting in to keeping your house clean. Right? And you wonder why you stay in the doghouse, man. So please, maybe take notes or listen again later. It's not that complicated. Right? Well, I guess you could just, yeah, play it back, right? Either way. Now... Universal statements. 
one of the problems with universal statements is that they don't actually communicate reality. So your message is already lost before you've even started. Universal statements. There are certain, uh, these are certainly situations where your partner accidentally got it right or didn't get it wrong. You know, that's very, there's very thin line there between getting it right or at least not getting it wrong. So when you are used to statements like always and never, it simply, is, it simply isn't true. The other problem with universal statements is that they cause the person to feel hopeless. You're likely bringing up the issues because you desire change in this area. When you use always and never in communication, right, it fails. When you use always and never, the communication fails. The other person is thinking it themselves, right? If I never get it right or always get it wrong, then what's the point of even trying? You've either thought that yourself or maybe even have heard your significant other person make this statement to you, right? I know I hear teenagers say it all the time. I'm always trying. You never notice the good things I do. It's not that rare for people to use those universal statements, right? Always or never. It's probably not true that your partner never loves you or always forgets what's important to you. It's more likely that you desire some specific actions from them you are not currently getting, and that is hurtful. But that's understandable. But it doesn't mean they never remember or always forget something. Stick with the specific issues or, or issues you want to address and avoid those, the use of universal statements. Last but not least, Shutdown statements. Shutdown statements show up when we are hurt, overwhelmed, or just plain angry. They are the verbal equivalent of slamming a door in someone's face. It's your way of ending the conversation, but leaves the other person without resolution and feeling bad about the conversation. Some examples of shutdown statements are, it's fine, when you know it truly is not fine. Or, which like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, when it's truly something, right? Another one, I can't do anything right. Or, when asked about something and you give them a, it doesn't matter, when truly, whatever the stressor is, matters right matters i know that you guys know that your significant other people are not mind readers nor are you so when you were hoping that they knew something without you actually reporting it saying it or sharing it and they missed the mark how can you still be angry? They cannot read your mind. 
right? Now, if us guys are truly paying attention <coughs> and watching your body language, looking for all the nonverbals, sure. If we're that attentive, I tend to be that attentive. A lot of guys are not. But if they're attentive enough to catch the signs, the nonverbals, right, then sure, maybe they can start that conversation with, what's bothering you, dear? <laughs> right? Is there something I can help you with? Or if something seems to be bothering you, how can I help? Right? But no, not a lot of guys are in tune with those nonverbals, those things that would tell us that you're in stress mode, right? So don't say those things like it's just fine or nothing's bothering you or uh, it doesn't matter when that's not the truth. All of these shutdown statements will immediately kill the conversation and leave the other person feeling devalued. The issue is not resolved, and usually the couple doesn't return to the issue at a later time to discuss it again. You've both just blown it off and swept it under the rug, only to probably build a resentment over it. This pattern will leave a whole pile of issues that continue to be swept under the rug, as I said. Resentments build. Resolution takes a back seat. Right? Resolution takes a back seat, which is never good. Right? But that happens because we can't read minds. We can't read minds. Uh, and sometimes us guys are a little slow. So when you say things like, it doesn't matter, unless the guy has had some male peers or mentors or someone share with them this kind of exercise, he may actually assume that it doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel sorry for that guy. Trust me, if your significant other person very sternly suggests to you that it doesn't matter, you need to know that it matters, whatever the stressor might be. Right? And even just those words should be a red flag. And it's a double flag when it's used in a tone that would imply that something's wrong. Right? There's a difference between going, oh, it's okay, honey. It's, it's really, it's just fine. Versus hearing it in just those two words very sternly. It's fine. <laughs> Right? You got to listen, guys. You got to listen to each other. I'm not really trying to just pick on guys um, with their wives, right? But maybe I am. Because uh, I had to learn the hard way, right? I've had to learn the hard way. And I've just been fortunate enough to go to some, you know, an addictions counselor by trade. I've worked in addiction and mental health for a long time. So I've listened to um, the psychiatrists and social workers and other therapist types around me when they're describing issues. 
right? And also, my wife and I, usually when there's any sort of couples ministry type thing going on in a church or our church, we attend, right? So along the way, I've learned these things. It's not like I just automatically pick them up one day. So technically, two divorces later, on the third wife now, who did early in our marriage, left me for a lot of these same reasons, right? Is why I've taken an interest in what it is us guys do wrong. And I've done my best to learn from them. And now all I want to do is share it. I just want to share it, right? Because what I said earlier is true. I not only listen to what my wife's trying to say to me, I listen to the sense of urgency, if there is one, the urgency in how she is saying it, right? Then I know, based on her turn, her tone and other nonverbal, some body language, that this is very distressing for her, which is my cue for it to become distressing for me, at least in the moment. Again, if it comes back around and she's blowing it off and it was no big deal and sorry I got you all freaked out about it too, fine, then I'll relax, right? Then I'll relax, but I can at least take pride in the fact that in that moment I was present right? In that moment, I was present. Sometimes that's all you need to be is present. You don't have to use fix-it language. Definitely do not use fix-it language because it may not be a situation that she needs you to fix. She just needs your ears and needs for you to be cognizant of what she's talking about and spiritually and emotionally present. Whew, I don't know if I can emphasize that any more than I have. Right? Man, be present. As I said, resentments build. Resolution takes a backseat. Right? And people learn to stop. People learn to stop trying to discuss and resolve the issues in this relationship, in your relationship, right? I don't know what happened. You know how many times I've heard that when couples are divorcing or they're in a split themselves? You know, what happened? You know, I don't know. We just drifted apart. Just drifted apart. Nine times out of ten means somewhere along the way we've stopped communicating. Right? Somewhere along the way, there's been a communication breakdown. So then you need to ask yourself, in times where there has been a communication attempt made to discuss things with you, what was your response in the moment? Play the tape back and play it all the way through. Were you the one that was condescending and demeaning or trying to minimize what the conversation stressor was.
right? Because if you can look back and totally be honest, right? Stepping out of denial, just did a lesson on denial and celebrate recovery meeting, stepping out of your denial. If you're using those minimizing sarcastic tactics as a response to your significant other person's stressors, and I keep using the word stressors because in the moment, that is what it is for that person, a stressor. That's why I'm telling you it needs to, at least for the moment, become a stressor for you too. Right? Truly, I find some of this very weird, I have to say. Although I'm pretty sure I may have used these tactics in previous relationships, it's possible, right? I truly feel like I don't now and haven't for several, several years. I don't think I ever talked down to anybody I was in a relationship, but I probably tried to minimize what it was they were thinking, feeling, or dealing with, whatever the stressor was. I could see myself trying to minimize it because I don't like to stress. I don't like to stress. I don't like to feel the anxiety of that because then I get angry, right? I'm someone who's had anger issues in the past. I get angry. And those kinds of things are triggers for me. I have to be honest about that. Triggering my anger is not necessarily a problem for me because I enjoy being angry. Don't ask me why. I'm working my steps over it, right? I've applied the 12 steps to my anger issues, my anxiety issues, my depression issues, right? So I've learned to just go ahead and plug into whatever it is my wife is dealing with and do my best to be present, attentive, and maybe help her through it, right? I do my best to not allow myself to become angry. Now, it seems strange to me that someone would treat uh, a person whom, again, we've professed our love to, right? If you got married, you did a wedding, you had vows, you professed your love to each other in marriage, right? Again, with vows, in some cases, maybe, maybe not. Only to eventually, only to eventually treat them as though what matters to them doesn't matter to you. Communicating this way is damaging to a point that some couples simply stop communicating altogether. And that's when one or the other will find someone on purpose, probably not, by accident, sure, but someone who is willing to be cognizant and attentive to what it is that they're going through. I think that's how a lot of emotional affairs begin. Whether they ever become physical affairs, sure, some do, some don't, but it's at least an emotional one because somebody in the relationship doesn't want to be attentive. Lord, that's a tough topic too. Tough topic too. I know it. I get it. But sometimes we have to hear it, right? Sometimes we have to hear it. Um, it can be good. And I hope that you share this podcast with somebody, right? Maybe your significant other one, if they're the type that tends to use sarcasm, right? Or, um, 
or minimizing or the big universal words, never and always, right? Share it with them. Glad you came. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. God bless and see you next time.